This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus in your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And today we have an outstanding show planned for you today. Uh, Dennis Telfer is a senior portfolio manager at Caldwell Investment Management. He's going to talk about U.S. dividend stocks and um, give you ideas on why that's really important today because of the growth of the dividend compared to what's happening with uh, inflation. And I'm going to start our annual six steps to riff success today. So that's going to go over the next uh, three or four shows. Um, and those of you who are just listening for the first time, you don't realize that we, uh, you know, we specialize in managing riff accounts, registered retirement income funds for our clients. And we've done it for over 25 years. And RIFs, I'll tell you folks, it uh, requires a total different skill set and then managing just RSPs. Like RSPs, you're putting money in every year and you're building it up and building it up and building it up. But once you've built it up over 20, 30 years of saving in your RSP, it's a total different uh, picture that you're looking at and how you should invest the money when you decide to withdraw money from the account. Now you're retired and you want this to last for the rest of your life. So it's really critical. It's a whole different skill set of uh, looking for, because what you're doing is you're focusing on income investments and taxes more than anything else. You're not in, you know, really focusing on bringing in money and compounding it on the growth side. It's the total opposite of that. So the skill set's different. And um, what you have to know is a lot about taxation because that becomes the issue at the end of the day with your RIF account. It becomes income. It's like a T4 slip when you were working. You get a T4 RIF slip. So that's uh, the key is, again, looking for investments that provide income and then on the other side taking care of taxes. So I'm going to highlight how you should uh, use asset allocate. What's the best asset allocation for your RIF now? Um, using a self-directed account. That doesn't mean you have to do it yourself. It means you look at an account that can incorporate all the different investments within it. You're not stuck with certain rules and regulations of what you can put in there. Um, the six steps, of course, to managing your RIF that we've put together over the last 25 years. How to do a projection with your RIF account. How to take the amounts and project it out and show you, you know, basically what you're going to be making for the drawing out for the next 20 or 25 years of retirement, and then what's going to be left over uh, for your estate or for your spouse in uh, those particular circumstances, and then the tax that's associated with all of the RIF account and estate planning. We'll cover all that for you, and that's going to happen over the next four weeks. So if you're interested, you know, tune in every week for the next four weeks, and I'll give you every ounce of our information that we've been putting together for 25 years on that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's even more in, important than in, investing the stocks or the investments in your account because the swings now in taxation could be 20%. Plus, you know, today it's, it's critical. And the reason that it's critical today is because here's what happens when things go bad. And, and this is like a, 
you know, the perfect storm of what's happened to RIF accounts this year. Number one, the stock market and the bond market are both down. Number two, you're drawing out six to 10% from your account. So you got severe pressure on that account because as the account's going down, you're drawing more and more money out. So you're campaigning the, uh, the program there. So you need to be involved with somebody that understands how you should set that thing up and get it back on track because it's, it could really get eroded here in this particular thing. So if you'd like a second opinion, at no cost or obligation, we're available, of course, to see you. Just give Dominic a call after the show, one 891 2637 That's 1-866-891-2637. We'll give you a free uh, uh, second opinion on your account and give you ideas on what you should be doing there. And we have a special workshop coming up that's going to be focusing on uh, RIF accounts. So if you're interested in uh, meeting with us and, and uh, going through all of this, it's going to be on Tuesday, November 14th, and it's uh, during lunchtime. So give Dominique a call on that, too. 1-866-891-2637. Okay, stay right there, because I'm going to go through, um, basically, RRSP maturity options. And one of them is a riff, and the other one is an annuity. I'll explain all that in a minute. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And uh, as I promised, we're going to talk about RRSP maturity options. So these are the options that you have available for you when you decide to take the money out of the RRSP and turn it into income. This could also be a Lira account where you got it from a pension. That's a locked-in retirement account, and you're going to convert that to a LIF, a LIF account. So I'll be covering these over the next number of weeks. And um, so now I've converted over. What are my options? Number one, I can go from a Lira to a LIF, LIF. And from a RSP, I can go to RIF. But I also have a choice to go to uh, um, annuities. So an annuity is a contract with an insurance company to get your principal and interest back over a set period of time. It could be a term certain of 10 years or 15 years, or it could be your life, or it could be your life and your spouse's life. Those are the options available for you. Um, but what happens at the end of that term, there's nothing left. The insurance company would keep what's left over. In a RIF situation, you manage the money yourself, and then there's something left over at the end of the day that you could provide for your estate or for your spouse to to draw from. So those are the options. Now you can choose your maturity option um, anytime up until age 71. Then after age 71, you have to convert it to a RIF account and you have to draw the minimum. So say for instance, the first year you're turning 72 years old, the minimum in the first year is 5.2%. So if you had $100,000 in your RSP, you convert it over, you have to draw out 5.2%. So that's on 100000 that's $5,200. That $5,200, you can draw it out on a monthly basis. So say about $400, $450 a month. Or you could take it semi-annually, or you could take it annually. You could take it at the beginning of the year, you could take it at the end of the year. So all the options are available for you. The other thing that's very flexible is you can choose to change it year after year. You don't have to be stuck with a particular situation. Most of our clients, and we manage more RIFs than anybody probably in the country, we find that most of them prefer to do it monthly and then add it into your OAS check and your CPP check and any other pension checks that you have, and then you can manage the money correctly on a, on a monthly basis. But everybody's a little bit different, and you have all those options. The other option that you have is when you look at a, look at a withdrawal rate, you can choose your age, and if you have a younger spouse, you could use their age. So say, for instance, the younger spouse is 65 years old and you're 71 years old, you could pick the 65-year-old 
withdrawal rate, and that rate is 90 minus 65 is 35, um, 25, so 1 25th is 4%. So instead of drawing out 5%, you could draw out 4%. And there's another new option that's available for you too when you have a RIF account. You can, you probably not even heard of this. It's called the Advanced Life Deferred Annuity. So you could take a portion of that and buy an annuity now. So you could have a RIF account and take a portion of the money out and at the same time um, have RIF money coming out at the same time. So that's new there. It's called the ALDA, so an Advanced Life Deferred Annuity. Now, there's also uh, withholding tax. You can choose that. So what, why is that important? Well, when you get your check um, and you decide to take the minimum from your RIF account, there's no rule where you have to pay tax on that. You could take the minimum and not pay any tax. Now, you're going to have to pay tax when you do your tax return because you're going to get a T4 slip. So you could choose to do withholding tax on your account. So you could say, okay, I want um, 10%, 15%, 20%. So you're not stuck with that big um, you know, tax bill at the end of the day. Also, the tax considerations on death are important with your RIF account because it becomes income. So if you passed away and you had 300000 still in your RIF account, then your income for that year is $300,000. Okay, so that's, those are the maturity options. And if you'd like to get some more information on that, all you got to do is give Dominique a call now, one 891 And uh, we have a guidebook for it. It's called RRSP Maturity Options. Okay, and it has three options of maturity, minimum payments, tax on payments, withholding taxes, the advanced life deferred annuity, considerations when choosing your options. Again, free for the asking. It's about 10 pages long, easy to read and understand. Just call Dominique now, 1-866-891-2637 for the RSP maturity options. So how do you keep pace with this inflation that seems not to go away? Well, you need dividend growers. Stay right there because Dennis Telfer is going to be joining us and talking about dividend growth stocks. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. And joining us now is Dennis Talifer. He's a Senior Portfolio Manager at Caldwell Investment Management. Hey, good morning, Dennis. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us here today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Richard. You know, like last week, we had a guest on here, and he said that, you know, dividend funds are basically value-oriented companies that are in there. Now, I know you guys have incorporated momentum with a dividend fund. Like, explain all of that and uh, how the you know, basically incorporating momentum is going to enhance uh, the returns on your uh, portfolio? Sure. Well, that's a great question. Um, and you know, and we, another difference as well is that we really focus on that dividend growth aspect of the strategy, right? Okay. Uh, but yeah, and so we incorporate, um, uh, like you said, a quantitative uh, momentum model, and that really makes our our approach very unique to dividend funds. What does that mean for the listeners? Like, Sure. You know, so Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, so what it means is that there's two kind of two parts of the way we kind of uh, go through a process. Like we fundamentally, we we never really stray from our principles. We look for quality businesses with that have like really good balance sheets, that have good growth prospects, and a good strong management. Right? We look for management teams that are very disciplined in their capital allocation because mm-hmm. uh, that really basically gives companies the ability to drive growth in the business, drive growth in their cash flow. And obviously, that will help them uh, grow their shareholder returns in the form of steady, growing dividends. So that's what we look for uh, first and foremost. But we add a quantitative model to the uh, the process, and 
and what that does, it really gives us two uh, two benefits. It, um, it 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 really we it allows us to basically drive better returns in a uh, in a bull it's a bull market, but as well it allows us to protect capital uh, better in a down market. So I'll just kind of walk you through kind of how that works. But okay. so what we really do is when we 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 run these companies through these quantitative models, what we're looking to do is to really allocate our capital. As, you know, as portfolio managers, we really want to allocate our capital to the opportunities that we think have the greatest probability of outperforming in the near to medium term. So we look for companies uh, that have something that's you know, good is happening to the company. Uh, they're starting to outperform, uh, but they really have, you know, they have um, company uh, catalysts, specific catalysts that are really, that's really driving that outperformance. And so we look for situations where these catalysts are sustainable on a go-forward basis. Uh, and we'll have to do what, and what we end up doing is basically overweighting these companies that we think are going through some form of positive re-rating, and that will really help drive significant outperformance uh, in the near term. So it um, it differs from your traditional high yielding dividend funds that you you tend to uh, to see where they basically they're more buy and hold type strategies. Uh, they'll hold for very long periods of time. They'll ride the waves. There's nothing wrong with these strategies. Uh, ours is just different in that, um, and I would say it's actually very complementary to that type of strategy. Now okay. the other benefit is on the downside on capital protection. Uh, you know sometimes what you can find companies that have everything we look for fundamentally. Uh, you know they're really good cal- uh, really good companies, good balance sheets good capital allocators, but they, they lack the near time, uh, near-term catalysts or they're facing some form of uh, challenging environment. Um, so these companies, despite being very good fundamentally, uh, would not pass, we'd pass on those names because they have a lower probability of outperforming. Uh, those names, when, they, when you have negative uh, catalysts in front of a the name, they tend to underperform for periods of time. So uh, our models, uh, the way they run, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pick that up. If anything, our, our model also has some very well-defined cell parameters. They're all, it's all quantitatively driven. Mm-hmm. And that really instills a very rigorous cell discipline in the process. So the model will prompt us to exit positions that kind of run out of that positive relative uh, momentum. So when you look at markets, when you have rotations in markets, where you have certain sectors that become out of favor, we tend to exit those fairly early uh, as they start losing momentum, and that's because the, the models, the quantitative models we have, will prompt us to do so. And that will allow us to mitigate some of that downside risk, right? So we, we yeah. tend to outperform in these down markets, and that's how we add extra value, extra alpha to the, to the strategy over time. Yeah, so that... Folks, the strategy that we're talking about here is that you're looking for companies that can grow their dividend um, that are in a situation where momentum means they're, they're something positive is making them, their, their capital value or their trading value or their stock value uh, start to move up in this uh, environment right now. So you're not just looking for, um, Dennis, you're not just looking for you know, everybody that's paying a 6% dividend. You're looking for a lot of other factors in there. That's right. Like I said, we we differ in that the our some of the main uh, factors we look at are more on the dividend growth, their ability right. to grow that dividend over time, and that's where discipline capital allocation becomes really important, right? Yeah. So uh, if you want to, if you have that that consistency to be able to do it over time and keep growing it, uh, not many companies are very good at it. And that's what we're really trying to focus on: looking for companies that can really do that uh, and grow it at a faster rate than most higher yielding type. Uh, uh, Companies. Yeah, that's that's it's critical because what you're looking at there is your you know the big story now is inflation. You want to keep up with inflation if if your dividend keeps giving you six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent a year more. That's the key thing, right? 
That's right. That's right. If your if your dividend stream, that income stream that you rely on, doesn't grow at the same pace or doesn't keep pace with the cost of living, uh, then you're basically you're, you're you're losing purchasing power, right? right? So it's really important. That's where these uh, this this strategy kind of complements very well a, a a a typical dividend fund in that you know this one will basically give you more uh, protection, more uh, a better inflation hedge. Right. Exactly. Okay. Given all that, let's talk about a couple of stocks that uh, fit that criteria. Sure. Well, um, you know, there's. there's Quite a few companies that we uh, that we like. We're positioned in a way where we uh, we do kind of on the consumer side. We we like the companies that, uh, in case we do go into a softer patch, will will hold up better. But we have other areas on the industrial side uh, and on the energy side that we find are, are very interesting. And one of the companies we own is Old Dominion Freight. Uh, so this is a, a is a trucking company, They're the largest North American uh, less than truckload uh, carrier in the uh, in the U.S. Fundamentally, this is a great company. They're the best-in-class LTL operator. They have by far the best metrics in the industry, and that's across the board, right? Their service levels are better than everyone else. They've got the best operating ratio. They run a non-unionized employee base. They've got a better uh, cost base. They've got the best margins. Uh, And they are, when it comes to capital allocation, they are the best-in-class. They've been growing their top line, their revenues, uh, at over 10%, but uh, low double digits over the last 10 years, and that's all been from organic investments. So very good capital allocators. They've been growing their earnings at close to 25% over the last 10 years, and they've been growing their dividends uh, at over 30% over the last five years. So that's the type of company we look for, a company that's really well run, really good balance sheet, really good capital allocators, and they, um, and they grow their dividends. Now, the trucking industry... Um, has been going through a uh, soft patch. We've had a few quarters of, uh, you know, they've been going through a freight recession where you've had uh, spot rates have been very weak, and that's been really a function of the inventory destocking. We had a period of time where supply chains had kind of held back uh, the amount of inventory that was flowing through the system as those start to clear up. We had a huge amount of inventory kind of come in through the system as the consumer was changing their spending habits from pro- uh, uh, products to services. And so we end up having a lot of inventory in the system that needs to be kind of uh, drawn down. So that type of environment, typically you'll have weaker uh, um, uh, transportation type uh, or freight market. And that will lead to, at some point, uh, some of the weaker players exiting the market. And that's what we were kind of banking on. We've seen Yellow, one of the biggest competitors, go bankrupt. We believe there's going to be more industry capacity reduction as smaller carriers uh, as well exit the, uh, the market, which will help tighten that capacity supply, which will help the, uh, the market regain that uh, pricing power. And we think we're nearing the end of that inventory destocking. So as you kind of get to the other side of that, where you have to retailers have to uh, restart restocking uh, the inventory, you'll start seeing uh, pick up the manufacturing, and that is really going to help drive uh, the other side of that, uh, that market. So we think 2024 sets up really well for Old Dominion. And we also think that Given the quality of the company, the, given that they're, such, they're so good at the service level, they tend to win uh, a lot of market share in these types of markets. So they're going, we think they're going to win a, a good chunk of that uh, yellow uh, uh, capacity that uh, is no longer in the market. Uh, and they've got the best balance sheet. They can make the necessary investments to take advantage and capitalize on that. So that's exactly the type of situation we look for. Really good company, and it's got some catalysts ahead of it that we think will help drive some outperformance uh, going into 2024. Okay, we have about uh, one minute left. Can you go over uh, one real quick with us? 
Sure. Another one is uh, is Costco. Costco is a very high quality name. Uh, it's a premium business model. You know, when we look at Costco, they only have about thirty seven thousand, uh, three thousand seven uh, seven hundred SKUs in their uh, in their stores, as opposed to uh, like a Walmart that has over one hundred twenty thousand. So, from a logistics standpoint, it's a much simpler model. A very good business. Uh, they have a lot of uh, growth ahead of them. Right? They grow through their uh, annual membership. Uh, uh, members uh, grow. They, uh, they have same-store sales growth. Uh, they keep opening up new stores. Um, and so it's a really, really good business, uh, really high quality. They've been growing their top line, you know, close to 10% over the last 10 years. They grow their earnings at low double digits, close to 15%. And they've been growing their, um, you know, their dividends at uh, close to 13% over the last five years. So fundamentally, we really love the business. And we think... Um, they haven't had a, a price hike on their membership fees in over six years, so that's a little longer than what they typically uh, have had. Uh-huh. And so we think that's a catalyst that's really coming up soon, and that will really help drive more momentum uh, in the name. And this is a company that, if we do go into a soft patch, it tends to really benefit from that trade down. So we think this is a company that's just really well positioned in this market, and they've got some catalysts that will really help drive uh, more momentum in the name on a go forward basis. Excellent. Two great ideas, Dennis. Thanks again for taking the time to join us. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was Dennis Talifer. He's a senior portfolio manager at Caldwell Investment Management. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. Distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be... Repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Caldwell Investment Management. Okay, we have about uh, two minutes left, folks. A couple of things just to remind you of. Number one, we have that handout for you. It's called the um, RRSP Maturity Options and goes through all the different options of converting your RRSP to a RIF or an annuity, and then all the rules associated with what you draw out and the taxation on everything. So you want to get that guide. And also, we're going to have a special uh, in-person workshop on November the 14th. So if you're interested in coming out to our workshop, that's going to be on Tuesday, November the 14th. It's going to be during the lunch hour. So just give Dominic a call, one 891 2637 for the RRSP maturity options and for the uh, seminar and workshop. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week at 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino, and you've been listening to Primetime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.